Good morning, everyone. It is Wealth Wednesday, one of my favorite, favorite days of the week. And what is Wealth Wellness Wednesday? Well, we're going to give you a, a little, little bit in the very intro. Uh, but first off, I just want to say good morning, everyone. This is AKA Naughty Boss live with two sisters. Hey, everyone. It's Janice, AKA Wellness Diva 5.0. Before we introduce our amazing guests, I'm going to turn it over to Carol Sue to kind of give us the breakdown on Wealth Wellness Wednesday. And I absolutely welcome Courtney, and uh, she'll get a little tidbit in the air full about wellness. You know, we always talk about positive vibes, good vibes. But also, uh, really have that healthy relationship with money. And any entrepreneur really understands the value of that good Carol, so just so you know, we are losing your connection. Can you hear us? It with kindness. It starts with generosity. Are you frozen or am I frozen? You're frozen. No, you guys froze up, so I wasn't sure. Maybe we're all frozen. Courtney, can you hear us? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can hear you okay, but Carol Sue is also cutting out for me. Okay. All right. Well, we are having. No, you guys are going in and out. Okay. We are definitely having technical. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. It's just that you're frozen. And this is what happens with live podcasting. And you know what? You know, we just kind of go with the flow here. <laughs> at everything we're not sure what is happening or transpiring i think there's a lot of woo-woo-ness in the um the wi-fi airwaves like who knows um carol sue are you still with us i think we lost her so let's just yeah i am but you can't hear me oh okay <laughs> tech well, is great uh, isn't it <laughs> It, it, you know what? Modern technology is great when it works, and when it doesn't work, it just kind of sucks. But in any event, um, you know, I just want to briefly say that, you know, um, Wealth of Wellness Wednesday, like I, she, my sister explains it so perfectly. And okay, I think she's back because I can see her eyes, eyes blinking. Oops. Oh, nope. <laughs> Spoke too soon. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? The technical stuff is not perfect. And I just want to say that. And this is the beauty and reality of what we do. And it just goes to show you that we don't let those things stop us. In any event, <laughs> we are so excited to welcome to today's podcast, Courtney McCarthy. Welcome to the two sisters bleeping, you know, in and out. <laughs> technology stuff here. Welcome to today's podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Wonderful. And wow, we have so much to chat about. And you are the CEO and founder of a virtual community that is dedicated to helping women ditch the diet culture. Now, I just want to say that I do not like the word diet. Let's dive right on into that subject. <laughs> 
Sure. Getting right into the meat. I love that. So, you know, especially when we talk about diets and diet culture, this is that belief, the system of beliefs that there's a hierarchy of bodies. It's the system of beliefs that worships thinness and that, that puts a lot of individual blame on each of us to achieve a specific body ideal through hard work and sacrifice and restriction. So for many of us, especially if you identify as a woman, we've spent decades of our lives trapped in the diet cycle and the shame spiral that comes with it, where, you know, we try a diet, maybe it works for a few days, a few weeks, a few months, if you're lucky, a few years, and then it falls apart. You're not able to stick to it. And that begins the shame and self-blame and the feeling like a failure when, you know, for 95% of us, according to the research diets don't work. And we regain the weight that you've lost within kind of one to five years. So the diet cycle industry and the, sorry, the diet industry and the diet culture is set up again with that self-blame. So even though you might know of the science that diets don't work, even though in your own personal experience, diets don't work when they don't work, we don't blame the diet. We don't blame the diet and fitness industry. We blame ourselves. And that's why we keep going back for more. (laughs) So my mission is Mm -hmm. to help women step out of that cycle to learn that there's a different approach of how we can relate to our bodies, how we can relate to movement and fitness and health and live with really big energy in our lives. So we don't have to waste as much time getting stuck in that spiral and worrying about our weight. You know, that is so true because, you know, when I went through my weight loss journey um, in, in, and let me just back up a little bit, a moment as well, you and mentioned, and I really felt this, that, you know, we, you know, oh, let's go on a diet and, you know, I have to lose weight. And we're so focused on, you know, it's almost like we're punishing ourselves and you might be successful as you said, but then what happens when you go off the diet. That's what they never explain to you. And I think yeah. <laughs> part, part of the misconception on going on a specific diet is yes, you gain it back. And then I will add, and then some, yes, which is the problem, because if we are not dealing with the problem at hand on why we got a certain way. And, and if we are not treating ourselves with the dignity, the dignity and respect that we deserve, of course, we're going to think of ourselves as a failure and then starts that negative downward self-talk. And, yeah. You know, I, I personally have been there, so I certainly relate to all that. Mm-hmm. Um, for, and, you know, a lot of times when I, for instance, when I go into a bookstore, I always like looking at the diet book section. And I will pick up random diet books and, you know, flip through it and okay, it's great. They're, you know, (laughs) teaching you how to, that you can lose weight on my diet, but they're not telling you how to sustain that lifestyle. And what does that lifestyle mean to me would be different for you. Yeah. And I think that they're, you know, diet culture really ignores a large part 
about our bodies, which is genetics, meaning that if you and I eat the exact same thing, if we follow the exact same diet, if we move the exact same way, our bodies are still going to look different. And for many of us, it may be impossible without, as you said, severely punishing and restricting our bodies in order to achieve a certain body type. So for example, someone like myself, um, I was able to achieve, you know, what could be considered the perfect physique. I had a flat stomach. I was like under 130 pounds and it required an extreme amount of restriction. Like family gatherings used to be planned around me because I would get an email basically being like, so what can you eat right now? Because the list of things that I couldn't eat was so long. And I actually didn't end up feeling happier. I didn't end up feeling, you know, stress-free. Of course, I experienced thin privilege, which is tons of people complimenting me, wondering what I'd done. I felt morally superior because I'd figured it out, right? I'd figured out how to lose the weight. Um, But it meant that I spent whatever time and energy I spent trying to lose the weight, I now was spending obsessing about keeping the weight off. And it didn't actually make me feel better because my self-worth was still incredibly tied to what I looked like. So even when the diets do work, they're not giving us the results that we want. And as you said, it's, it's this idea of, can we fundamentally change our relationship with food, change our relationship with our bodies, change our relationship with fitness and take the fat phobia out of health to accept that our bodies are going to look a certain way. They're going to feel best at a certain weight. That's going to look different for each of us. And can we find that freedom where there's not the shame and. Oops, you froze up. Courtney, can you hear me? Okay, we are having technical issues. I can. Am I frozen on your end? You froze. You did froze up momentarily. Okay, am I back now? Yes, you are back now. Okay, I did just get a message saying that the internet became unstable, but hopefully we're clear. <laughs> yeah, and I was just checking mine. Everything looks perfect on my end, but um, back to the conversation at hand, though, and I think when, especially for women let's face it, dieting is a very sensitive issue. And when we step on that scale, we are so focused on that number. Yep. For instance, uh, uh, let's use 130 pounds, 130 pounds. That's a, that's an awesome number to see on the scale. But if it goes up like two pounds, you're like, you might think, oh my God, I gained two pounds. But what I think women specifically, some women, I should say, I'm not categorizing what I'm going to say um, as that this happens to all women, but many women, when they see that, that increase on the scale, they automatically have this negative connotation about themselves. Like I am bad. I gained two pounds when they don't realize that quite possibly they might have gained two pounds of muscle. Now, one we all know one pound of muscle and one pound of fat weigh the same. However, they look differently on everybody. Now, mm. I had my, um, my wellness journey of losing over 100 pounds in my mm, 
early 40s. So, and I pretty much have kept all of it off. I lost over 100 pounds. And <clears throat> in my, you know, 16, 17 years since I went on a, a different wellness quest for myself, I have, there's been about six times that I can recall where I've, when I've stepped on the scale, I've lost body fat and gained muscle fat at the same time. So of course the, that, that was like, oh my God, you know, those six times, I vividly remember those six times that I think the focus is too much on the number too much. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, when we think about numbers, whether it's clothing sizes or the numbers on the scale, though, there are, excuse me, they are all really arbitrary milestones. Like that idea that 130 is an awesome number. Why? Like, why has that become an awesome number? And so many of us don't actually ask that question. We're following these milestones that are set out for us by external society by other people. And we don't actually really question if there's something we actually want for ourselves. So that's a really important step of recognizing that you have the ability to define health and wellness based on what works for your body. Because I can say at 130 pounds or less, it did not feel good in my body. It might've looked good from a diet culture perspective, but it did not feel good. And even when we're talking about this fear of weight loss, right? Like even this comparison of one pound of fat is, is the same as one pound of muscle, which is true. And yes, it is true that they look different, but why is it that this, we have this, you know, such ingrained belief that fat equals bad, that fat is something that, you know, right. we should all be trying to run away from and, and lose as much as possible. And that's something that we're also working on challenging because, you know, it's only been in the last 10 to 15 years that health has become synonymous with thinness and weight loss versus someone like myself. I'm now gained most of the weight back, if not more, as you said, <laughs> than when I was at my smallest, but the reality is my relationship with my body has never been better. I am more confident now. I've done the work to really dismantle those diet culture beliefs about what my body should and should look like. And I'm able to show up much more authentically in my life. The stress around, am I always eating the right thing? Am I always moving? Am I, you know, what's the number? I haven't stepped on a scale in over five years and all of that has led to me feeling better about my body and it hasn't led to a deterioration in my health. The pandemic has, <laughs> but not because of weight gain or things like that, that, that I've been able to separate those two ideas and, and accept my body for how it is and how I can be. Right. And that is uh, very important and so true, but what I will add to that, which may be a little slightly adverse is if if our weight or if the body fat that we are carrying is a detriment to our health let's face it that's not good that's not good for your heart that's not good for your body systems and it's finding that balance i i think to a certain degree um I don't agree with body shaming on any shape or form. That's just not what I am trying to get at. But what I am trying to say, I guess, in a roundabout way is um, different 
things happening in the world today that um, were some cultures are glorifying um, obesity. And I have to take a step back and look at that objectively. And, and I, always, I always try to do that. And I don't understand, and this I think would be a great addition to the conversation. I don't understand why there is glorification. If somebody is suffering because they are overweight, let's, let's have that conversation. Like let's work together as a society and maybe have things in place that we can talk about and support one another. It's not, for me, it's not about um, being 130. Uh, you know, it's about how good, and you said it so well, how good you feel in your body and you, you having a better relationship. That is so important. But how do you feel about um, what I just said in relationship to society? Yeah, it's a great point. And I think it's something that is only natural that comes up in this conversation, as I said, because, you know, there is a very strong link to health equals being of a certain size. And I think we have to be aware of how fat phobia comes into this because, you know, the concerns that you mentioned about, you know, obesity being tied to certain health, um, negative health impacts is true in some of the research. However, it's also just as true that there are many other health variables that have an equal, if not greater impact on disease prevention than weight loss. So for example, pleasure, reducing stress, um, all of those have really, really positive health impacts. And we kind of make the assumption about bodies that, you know, being obese or being of a larger size equals, we kind of assume that most people are not healthy or that they, they don't feel good in their bodies. We don't make the same assumption on the other side, which is why it's fat phobia, because you don't necessarily look at somebody who's smaller. We, we have the opposite assumption. We look at somebody who's smaller and we assume, which is what everyone did for me when I lost weight, we assume that they are healthy. It's only on the obese side that we tend to uh, make that assumption that they've lost a lot of their health versus, you know, I've had so many people in my community tell me that, you know, when you ask the question, what, what are some assumptions that people made about you when you experience weight loss? You know, a lot of times it was, they were really ill that they lost a lot of weight because of illness or because they were struggling, struggling with uh, disordered eating or an eating disorder. Um, or they had experienced a massive loss in their life, which has, which ended up messing with their appetite. So the weight loss wasn't actually a positive health outcome. It was a negative health outcome. So we have to be aware of that in the conversation about health, that just because somebody is gaining weight, doesn't mean that they're seeing a reduction in their health. Just because somebody is losing weight, doesn't see, mean that they're seeing an improvement in their health. So I don't think that it's true that there's this like glorification of obesity, at least in in, you know, the culture that we exist in, I think it's much more still that we're glorifying thinness at any cost to ourselves. And we have to have that balance when we're having these conversations. Ooh, and there we go again with the tech issues. Hey, Courtney, can you hear me? <laughs> Am, I back? Am I back? 
Yeah, you are back. Okay. So <laughs> I'll, I'll start from the point just when you um, came in and told me you'd lost me. So we have to have this balance and recognize that we, we need to put the client and the individual at the center. So this is where we're talking about person-led health outcomes and health strategies where the individual, you are the expert in your own body and you are the one that gets to make the decisions and lead the way when it comes to, as we talked about, what feels best. And if that means being in a larger body feels best for you, and allows you to exist in the way that you want to exist, then that should equally be a celebrated. Right. And I agree with that. But I will also say um, that I do, I disagree to a certain point. There is glorification. I've seen it all over the place. And again, it's not about, um, that's not me saying that I am shaming somebody because I certainly am not. You do, we do need to have these really heartfelt and maybe disagreeable type of discussions from different points of view, because I think that's important for people to understand how I feel in, in my body or what my perception is of what I see. Um, and I've seen a lot of it has has me concerned and that's what what i will you know obviously say about the glorification part of it what i see happening too and when i was working <laughs> working at a uh weight loss center um and i'm glad i'm not working there anymore but what i remember having this very distinct conversation and we were talking about one pound of fat and one pound of muscle and the patient, the patient was arguing that fact with me and saying that I'm wrong. I'm, and, I, and I said, okay, I'm going to go with this conversation. Prove to me that I'm wrong. Like, look it up on your phone right now. One pound is one pound. You, you can't change it. Like one pound of muscle may look at this and I'm showing my fist versus maybe one pound of fat. So don't focus so much on the number, number focus, focus on how you feel. Like it, I think too, when we go on a weight loss journey, it's the perception that we maybe want to have of ourselves. And I experienced, you were mentioning about the weight loss. Well, when I went through my weight loss journey, I obviously was very heavy, <coughs> excuse me. And when I lost the weight. the The reaction to people seeing me as a thin person was not what I expected. And I don't. And to clarify, I didn't know what I was going to expect. I figured, well, maybe people won't recognize me. But it was the other way around. Oh my God, are you sick? You you look too thin. Like. It, I had the negative aspect. I like, I felt good at where I was. And then I, I remember thinking, well, okay. You know, I looked at myself in the mirror and I remember thinking, you know what job? Well done. I feel really good where I am right now. And it doesn't, the bottom line is it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. It doesn't matter what society thinks. It's about having these heartfelt conversations if someone doesn't <laughs> says, if someone does not feel well, let's have that heartfelt conversation, a genuine conversation. And we don't have to agree, 
Mm -hmm. Well, let's have a conversation where we can share our experiences and let's not get trapped in the diet cultures kind of what roundabout way of what I'm trying to say. Let's not get trapped into that. Um, what would you say when you started your business and by the way, I, I don't know how to pronounce it, so I will probably butcher it, but I, I see that word, and I think that there is such meaning in depth in why you named it that. Yeah, so it's Loyobo Fit, and Loyobo stands for Love Your Body, um, which really was uh, the entire reason as to why I wanted to start my own business. And we lost, I think we lost you, Courtney. Industry. <laughs> there you are. Okay, you're back. back. Seems yeah. to reset after a moment. There I am. All right. So after, after working for many years in the, in the health and fitness industry as a fitness instructor, um, and after experiencing my own weight loss journey, I recognized that the traditional methods and the traditional model of health and wellness I think we lost her. Many women felt, am I back? Yeah, you're back. <laughs> All right. So when I was working at gyms, many women felt intimidated. They felt that they weren't welcome at the gym or that the gym environment wasn't designed for people like them in mind, especially older women or, or women of different sizes. So rather than just my... To have difficult conversations, to, to allow themselves to, to get uncomfortable and embrace new challenges and to explore their relationship with their body. And also something that didn't just include fitness. Cause I always, always say you can, you can't work out your way to loving your body. That's not the only part that has to be involved. We have to talk about self-talk. We have to talk about mindset, obviously food for a lot of people comes into place. So we talk about nutrition as well. So that's what the community is about. It's about a safe space where you can move your body and understand what joyful movement is. And again, learn a different way of relating to fitness and incorporating that into your life. But it's also having those other pillars of support, like coaching community, having strong relationships with people, having a support work. Don't you just love Wi-Fi? And I <laughs> What's going on with your Wi-Fi? I think it's your I'm, I'm not sure today. Normally, I don't have these kind of issues. So it must just be, as you said, something in the woo-woo. <laughs> something in the woo-woo. Yeah. And, and you, brought up, uh, you brought up some really great points. And, you know, fitness as we know it as well, you know, the people think, oh my God, I got to spend, you know, hours in the gym. Now, I personally you know, and I've always shared this. I love, I'm a gym rat. You know, I love, um, I haven't been back to my, um, kickboxing studio. I'm going to join them again, hopefully soon, <clears throat> but I like that type of atmosphere, but you don't have to go to a gym. Uh -huh. And I, I would just want to be very clear about that. You can, you know, even in a small space, you know, and don't call it exercise for me. I, like you say, oh, I'm going to exercise. Like that does not sound appealing to me <laughs> whatsoever to this day. So I call it, got to get my movement in 
to me, mm. that's more exciting because I think, okay, am I going to go on a power walk today? Am I going to kick my amazing kickboxing bag, um, which is a commercial grade bag, that same one that's in the studio? Am I going to go rowing today? Or you know what? I'm just going to take a walk outside and, you know, I have some hand weights or if I don't have hand weights, I remember, you know, walking around my neighborhood with cans of soups. Now I made a, made it look like a dork. I'm sure I did, but you know what? Make it work. And even, I just want to add, um, if you are <laughs> someone who struggles with knee issues, back issues, or maybe you have an injury, obviously get your doctor's clearance. You can be sitting in your chair exercising or getting in your movement, like make it complement to your lifestyle. Like don't put, don't put restrictions on what you can do or can't do put, think of it as, okay, well, you know, I have a knee issue, but you know what, I'm going to sit in my chair today and I'm going to do some leg raises, you know, make yeah. it dangerous. And for me, that's what clicked for me. And I, and I always, when I would be coaching, you know, my health client, you know, my wellness clients, I would say, you know, don't restrict yourself. Like, you know, one person mentioned the hula hoop. And I said, have you looked on YouTube for, you know, like different videos? Like you don't have to like go somewhere. Oh, I'm sure they don't have stuff on that. And of course I looked it up and I'm like, there's a whole bunch. And I showed it to her. There's a whole bunch of videos on YouTube. YouTube is a great resource. Just saying, you can find anything on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. And especially, and especially that's why, you know, one of the things that we do when it comes to movement is really create that supportive environment where, you know, it can be difficult to figure out what you can do if, if you do feel like you have a lot of limitations or again, that movement hasn't always been a positive experience for you. It can be really hard to take those steps on your own. So that's what we're about is, is providing that level of support where we do, you know, empower you to show you what you can do and to help you make those decisions and move through that journey uh, because you'll get way better results so much faster when you are able to do it with, with support. Yeah, that is so true. And I have a quite another question, and this has come up a lot. If you, and I obviously know the answer for me and how I would respond, but if a client comes to you and says, you know, maybe they're keeping a diet journal because, you know, they want to see um, what they're eating, but more importantly, why they're eating. Do you believe that there's any type of bad foods? And what I mean by that is if someone is eating something and they are getting sick shortly after, afterward, that should be a sign, not necessarily that it's a bad food, but it may not be good for you. How do you talk to your clients about that? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, we definitely use a mindful approach, which means we take the morality out of food. So we don't use words like good and bad, uh, mostly because it does create kind of a hierarchy again, and it's so subjective and individual. So the way that mindful eating works is that, that it, again, it's a really client lens. So it's about understanding our relationship with food. It's about giving ourselves unconditional permission to eat, which removes again, the shame and the tabooness that often comes along with binge eating or disordered eating. So mm -hmm. 
paired with that is, you know, the mindful eating approach uses gentle nutrition. So that's where we focus more on what foods that we can add in rather than what foods that we can take away. Now, of course, there, there may be foods that, you know, as somebody who lives with IBS, there are definitely foods that don't feel as good in my body (laughs) and that my body does not respond well to, but it's that idea of rather than saying it's a bad food, I can't eat it, which from a psychological perspective often kicks in that rebellion, that again, that tabooness of, you know, if I, if I tell myself I can't eat Oreos, then all I want is Oreos <laughs> and it's going to make it more appealing. So rather than telling myself I can't eat it, it's about saying I'm choosing not to, I can eat it if I want, but I'm choosing not to, because it's an act of love for my body to say, I don't have to eat that food if it doesn't make me feel good. So that's a little kind of Cole's note synopsis of how we want people to change the way that they think about foods because restriction we know has such negative psychological impacts that we want to change it to a more, much more positive association. Right. But along with that, I guess what I'm trying to get at too, is if you're specifically eating something you had mentioned that you have IBS and I have a non-celiac gluten sensitivity and they still want to take out my gallbladder. And I'm like, no, you know, I'll control it through diet, but I do have episodes where just out of the blue, you know, so for instance, I, I love cheese. So for the last, you know, couple of weeks, I've cut out cheese and I feel hundred percent better. Now, is that a bad food for me? I wouldn't say that it's a bad food, but it's not something that I should be um, having on a regular basis because putting my body through that stress is stressful enough. So I guess I, I just wanted to add that. Um, this has been such an amazing conversation, even with all the tech issues, <laughs> this is why we love what we do. And I feel so bad that, you know, Carol Sue got cut off there and, um, but, you know, she explained, uh, wealth wellness Wednesday so well, but, um, Courtney, how can our viewers and listeners, uh, connect with you further? Yeah. So we're big on Instagram. If you want to find us at Loyal Buffet, so L-O-Y-O-B-O-F-I-T. You can also head to, uh, as a special gift for, for your listeners in your community, if you head to loyobofit.com, so L-O-Y-O-B-O-F-I-T.com slash love your size. Uh, I have a free guide that really helps you to take the first steps. So it's all about embracing the body that you have now and feeling good in the body that you have now, rather than planning to love and feel good in your body later. So how to start on that path of body acceptance. So you can download that for free. If you go to loyablefit.com slash love your size. And of course, if you have any questions or want to continue this conversation further, I would absolutely love to hear from you. Wonderful. Thank you so much for um, offering that And, you know, we should love our size and love ourselves no matter how we are, because we are genuinely unique and flipping awesome, I might add. Yeah. Celebrate that body. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you so much for being with us today and, you know, providing us with such an amazing um, conversation. You know, I, I love the fact that we were able to engage in such a way that was meaningful and yet informational at the same time, even though maybe there were a few little things that we didn't necessarily agree on, but that's the beauty of what we do. Thank you so much, Courtney. So appreciated your time today. 
Thanks for having me. And please pass thank you on to Carol Sue as well. <laughs> I sure will. Everyone, you know that this is Wealth Wellness Wednesday. You know, it's that day to pay it forward and create that ripple effect and know that how you create a ripple effect will, will continue to spread in the world. Let's get that good woo-woo going. And Wi-Fi God, you better be with us today because we both have busy days. <laughs> Anyways, my name is Janice, aka Wellness Steva 5.0, and Carol Sue, aka Nani Boss, who was with us at the beginning of it and you know the podcast and had some tech issues. It has been an amazing Wealth Wellness Wednesday so far. so far. Go out and pay it forward. Thank you, everyone, and we will see you tomorrow. Bye for now. Thanks. Bye.